Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. You know, in an effort to always keep things current on this podcast, I, I want to emphasize again that based upon the Bible, we are entering the last seconds of the last minute of the last hours of the last days. And the soon (laughs) return of Christ is very close. And along with that, the opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior is even closer. Amen. One person who always keeps his stethoscope on the end times is our good friend, Dr. Richard Ruling. He's a frequent guest on our program because his scriptural and spiritual insight They're opening the eyes of people all around the world to the special day in which we live. Amen. From the COVID virus to eating healthy instead of taking toxic medications, from signs of the times to warnings from the Bible, Dr. Ruling has proven himself over and over to be an expert that we can turn to for a wealth of information. I always look forward to Dr. Richard Ruling's appearances as his knowledge on a variety of topics always speaks directly to the things we see happening all around us. So help me welcome back to the program. Dr. Richard Ruling. Dr. Ruling, it's always a blessing to talk to you, brother. Well, it's very mutual, Robert. I love you as a brother. Uh, I never had a brother, but you are as close as anyone I can think of. And uh, even though the distance separates us, uh, we're on the same wavelength in, in yeah. between our ears. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Amen. Go ahead, whatever well, you want to say. Before we get into today's topic, I was wondering if you could give us a quick synopsis of basically how we've arrived at a point of judgment for the United States of America? Well, I think it's because basically uh, America has made some really bad choices uh, going back uh, decade after decade. Uh, Roe v. Wade uh, was throwing babies in the trash when Egypt of old, and that's my model, uh, threw them in the river, okay? Mm -hmm. And just like Egypt enslaved Israel, we've enslaved most people in substances like alcohol, tobacco, drugs, even medical care is a form of bondage. Uh, When you have to go back every month and get a prescription and uh, have all kinds of tests, this, that, that's bondage. When we could eat well and live well uh, with all that. I'm not against uh, care like you've had when you had your knee surgery, Uh, If I got hit by a truck, I'd like to go to an emergency room and get sewed up or x-rayed. But uh, chronic, uh, take this, take this for your blood pressure, your diabetes, your heart, your cholesterol. Uh, If we eat well, we don't need those kind of things, basically. And so uh, that's where I'm coming from as a retired physician. Amen. Amen. And and you believe that the judgment that we're talking about is going to happen in 2023. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 16, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Can you give us two or three reasons why you believe that what we're talking about is going to happen very soon? Yes. I already mentioned uh, the fact that um, uh, we we can see um, 
shadows of things to come. Sometimes people think we're seeing the four horses of Revelation. Well, they're, we're at least hearing the hoofbeats, okay? Amen. Of, yeah. of those war, famine, yeah. pestilence. But uh, it's preceded by an earthquake that initiates the thing. And we haven't seen the earthquake yet, which I believe will be this coming year. And uh, the reason for some of this is, uh, first of all, you asked timelines. Um, I did mention uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, when God executed judgment on Egypt, he took, uh, uh, it was a jubilee event. He took them to freedom of the slaves and uh, a promise of land. That's what happened in jubilee in Leviticus 25, verse 10. But uh, uh, jubilee later came every 50 years, and 50 years from Roe v. Wade is next year. Okay, that's yeah. one timeline. Yep. Significant, yep. can't uh, um, argue out of it. And uh, we also see uh, in 2015, a series of when-then signs, like um, uh, the sun shall be darkened, moon turned to blood before the day of the Lord. And the word for before is panim. It means face or facing the end time day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is associated with an earthquake. Uh, in uh, uh, Joel 3.16, the day of the Lord comes and the Lord will roar, heavens and earth will shake. Okay, that's a big earthquake. We also see it in Isaiah 2, day of the Lord. And in verse 19, God will shake terribly the earth. I mean, this is not something that, oh, I did, what was that? Did I feel it or not? Uh, yeah, everybody's right. going to know, I think, on the day of the Lord. But it's especially here in America because we have sinned against great light in doing a lot of stupid stuff uh, culturally, uh, bad lifestyles. Uh, and and a, a warning that Christ gave, uh, well, first of all, I mentioned sun darkened, moon turned to blood before. The word for before is panim, means face or facing the day of the Lord. So those events were facing uh, an end time that's not just uh, decades away from us. And the point is that um, Christ also gave a warning that uh, said, woe to them with child, woe to them to give suck. Well, it takes several years to get pregnant, have a baby, nurse it, wean it, and so on. Uh, I believe it's a seven-year warning like Joseph gave to Egypt. Uh, in seven years, a child is no longer under mother's feet. He, she's, uh, the, the child is off to school. So, uh, but and, and the end time, I think, has to start after a sabbatical year, okay? Uh, because it's a week of years, seven years. In the Bible, uh, it's, uh, well, I, I can explain it a little further. That is that in Genesis, we see a chiastic structure or mirror image. Paradise in Genesis, paradise in Revelation. Uh, man crawled into sin, and he crawls out of the other side of the chasm uh, in, in Revelation, so to speak. Christ created for six years, days, six days, and ceased on the seventh. He will mediate for six years and cease on the seventh year. Uh, the 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 seventh day later became the Sabbath, and in the, in the fourth commandment says, "Remember the Sabbath day. Six days God made heaven and earth. Rested the seventh. It was the Sabbath." Well, there's a sabbatical year, and I believe Christ will cease mediation on the sabbatical year so the plagues can fall. If Christ was still interceding and saying, spare him, spare him, God would honor his son. But there's a time when he that's righteous, let him be righteous still, and uh, the plagues are going to fall on people that have been impenitent and just scorned God. Yep. So I, I think that uh, that for that to happen on a sabbatical year, just like uh, the seventh day was the Sabbath, uh, I think it has to come after a sabbatical year, and this year is a sabbatical year, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, a year ago, I had a, uh, 
email from Jewish people in Israel. They wanted a donation to plant fruit trees. They said, we can't plant next year, 22, because it's a sabbatical year. Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen other timelines agree with this. So uh, basically uh, I'm, I'm looking for end times to start. If they don't start next year, 23, I think it has to start seven years later after another sabbatical year, but that would make uh, Christ's warning not so significant woe to them with child, because we've had lots of time then to have babies and, and, and get them grown. So I think it's important to be ready. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll worry about it later if it doesn't happen, but I, I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, let's understand it better. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Amen. I, I know, you know, I'm, my entire career, military, law enforcement, all that has been, you prepare for the worst and then whatever else happens is better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so if, if you are prepared for the worst situation we're talking about, which is, you know, the seven years, uh, I mean, everything is whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Put it like that. And it doesn't happen. Okay. You can breathe again, but you still got to prepare for the next one because it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to be executed. You know, so what, what we're talking about, though, is everything is lining up. You know, I call it the convergence of signs, the convergence where, you know, we've had earthquakes in our history. We've had hurricanes. We've had wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and floods and droughts and all. But they're all happening at the same time on a magnitude that we haven't seen before. And that's eye opening if you want to yeah, that yeah. term, you know, and, and it's been said that a picture is worth a thousand words. Give us a word picture as we go into today's topic, which is the wedding parables of what you're talking about. Well, mentioned a little bit earlier on Egypt, Egypt did bad stuff. And in a crisis, you know, uh, God delivered them to freedom and took them to a covenant and he later said, uh, he said, if you keep my covenant, you'll be a kingdom. But he also later said, uh, return to me, I'm married to you. He was regarding the covenant as a marriage relationship. And so the, Egypt is the model. Paul twice said, I would not have you ignorant how that our fathers passed through the sea. All those things happened for examples written for us at the end of the world in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 and 11. Okay. But he also says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, in response to the disciples who wanted to know from Christ, they said, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time when they were they, they were walking up the hill the last time he was about to go up? And they said, uh, are you going to restore the kingdom to us? And he says, not for you to know the times and seasons. And if he had told them, well, it'll be about 2000 years, they'd have gone back to fishing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's human nature. But uh, every, we need a sense of urgency. But Paul takes the same phrase, times and seasons, and says, we know them. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, of the times and seasons, you have no need that I write, for you know perfectly the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night when they're saying peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. That's about Egypt. The day of the Lord is an extension of night of the Lord in Egypt. In Egypt, uh, God referred to the Passover night when death fell on the Egyptians as night of the Lord in Exodus 12, verse 42. Only reference to night of the Lord is once in the Bible, 25 yeah. times to day of the Lord. And I think it's going to be 25 times bigger, not just oh, Egypt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, secondly, he said um, that it comes as a thief of the night. Nobody saw God. 
when he took their slaves, okay? <laughs> he was invisible at night, okay? Right. And nobody's going to see Christ. But Christ said, if you don't watch, I'll come on you as a thief in Revelation 3.3. 3. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the idea is that uh, watching is protective. In Matthew 24, verse 43, the good man, if he'd have known, would have watched, not suffered his house to be broken by the thief. Yeah. Well, yeah. if Christ comes a thief, that earthquake is going to break some houses, okay? And I believe we need to watch to be protected, you know, and pray. The disciples failed him on that point. Remember, they had the Last Supper with the communion and so on. And he said, then watch with me and pray. But uh, in Matthew 26, verse 38 to 41, he asks them to pray, but he comes back and finds them sleeping. He says, could you not watch one hour? You know, yeah. uh, and so I. But I, I'm not any better than they are. Uh, I tend to go to sleep if I try to pray, but I've discovered how to do it. Uh, and that is, um, I, we had a uh, bus driver when I was in college that could drive all the way from Washington, D.C. to Florida without uh, sleeping by eating one peanut at a time. Mm. Eating is stimulating to the senses. And if we, uh, and, and I'm not talking, and the first Passover, they ate the Passover lamb and left nothing till morning, eating the lamb, okay, which symbolized Christ. We can do that spiritually by reading the closing chapters of his life and praying between chapters that we would be like him, that we would appreciate him. Thank you for doing what you did for us, taking my beating, okay? Uh, it, it was it broke his heart, actually. He died of a broken heart on Calvary, uh, yeah. et cetera. So... Uh, uh, because the, the other thieves, they, they were fine. You know, they broke their legs so they couldn't run. But they didn't need to do that for Christ. He had, he had died of a broken heart for us. Yeah. Amen. So uh, Amen. that's how I think um, we can watch and pray on the eve of uh, Passover, which is a time of judgment, basically. Amen. Amen. I know in Matthew 22, you know, we see the story of, of, of the king setting up the wedding for his son. But none of those who received invitations wanted to come. They just made excuses. And you relate this to what you call the Exodus model. Explain that for us and how it relates to what we're talking about today, the end days. Well, actually, all of the wedding parables uh, fit the model one way or the other. There was a wedding feast uh, in, in Exodus uh, 12. When they left Egypt, they ate unleavened bread for seven days. And, you know, recall that Christ said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning their doctrines or teachings. And I'm seeing that uh, uh, Elijah is supposed to come and restore all things. If our, we can make a covenant to marry the bridegroom, Christ, in a sense of betrothal, a, a prenuptial uh, feast, in my opinion, if we have unleavened bread that's not um, made light or easy. Preachers today just say, oh. Um, you don't need to worry about this or that. Don't worry about Passover, etc. cetera. Uh, just Jesus is all you need. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> how do we know we have him if we're not doing what he said or read what he says? Okay, yeah, uh, amen. we need to amen. understand. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We, we need to get uh, into that more, I think, uh, at, at some point. And so uh, th that's how I see uh, the wedding feast in Matthew 22 is uh, considering topics that uh, he wants that are interesting him. When God got his bride from Sinai, if you remember, they they worshipped a calf forty days later. Well, that's that must not happen to Christ. You know, uh, he's already paid a, a huge price, and so we we need to understand the topics that he would like uh, as a part of a prenuptial uh, covenant that we can make. I think. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's always interesting when. 
you know, I, I talk about how would you feel if, you know, your, your children that you love so much, I mean, you do anything for them, you die for them if need be. And they didn't want to have nothing to do with you except for one hour per week where they come in and you try and talk to them. They just say, yeah, yeah, I got to go, you know, hurry up. Cause I got, I got friends. I got to go see, you know, and that's how we treat God. You know, you're fortunate if you're, if he's fortunate, if his children show up one hour a week, you know, let alone want to have a conversation with him. I mean, it, it's, you know, when you put it like that, it just shows you how far we as a human race and people have have just gone to hell in a handbasket, for lack of a better term. You know, I mean, it, it's just, it, it saddens me when I think about that, how God must feel when his own kids don't want to have nothing to do with them. I have an idea that I'd just like to suggest, and that is yeah. that in God's... Uh, you know, it's nice that I can get a social security check once a month from the government, but God had a different plan for social security. And the idea is that you invest yourself in your children when they're young and they take care of you when they get older. You know, it was yeah. the, the, yeah. the uh, firstborn got a double portion and he had uh, extra resources to take care of his, his folks, basically. Yep. And, uh, it's sobering to little children to see old people in the home and they can't do this or that. It, it is it's better for them to see what life is really like, you know, and uh, learn to help yep. take care of. And it means a lot to an older person to be able to talk to a little young child and so on and uh, say, uh, you know, this is a better way or something. And so uh, God has a plan. And But if we if we don't invest the time in the young, we, we, we may not have their help when we need it too, basically. Oh, yeah, that's evident. And so God's yeah. plan is better as a total perspective. Amen. Amen. Well, I always ask you about the wedding parables every time we get together, because I, I find yeah. your interpretation of these things so interesting and relevant. Let's move over a couple chapters in Matthew to chapter 25. I mean, this is about the parable of the 10 virgins. That's one of my favorites. And, and five took oil, five didn't. And how does this fit into what we're talking about with this Exodus model? And what does this what does this parable contribute to the overall discussion of what's about to happen in 2023? Well, speaking of the Exodus model, uh, if we recall reading in the Bible, there was a mixed multitude. The fact is that God allowed some of the Egyptians who were really convinced that God was in this and they didn't want to be part of Egypt, which had done bad stuff. They left with the Egypt uh, with Israelites. Okay. And God isn't counting anybody out, really, except uh, I think Christians that don't want to pay attention or look closely now may. It's typical for people, human nature, to say, well, let's wait and see if there's going to be an earthquake next spring. OK, well, if you wait till then, there's too much to get ready about. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. th these topics of unleavened bread, what are they, you know, uh, that, that God wants for me? You know, uh, if uh, wait and see is, is requires no faith. Um, and Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God wanting a faith relationship where we learn to love him, trust him, do what he says without being proven or whipped. OK, and uh, I think that uh, now is a good time as any to start getting interested in reading and finding out what it's about, because there's uh, I, I can promise you um, it's not uh, the foolish virgins just didn't get there in time, basically. Uh, right. for the wedding, and they were shut out. 
And God isn't wanting to shut anybody out, but they just weren't uh, prepared. And uh, I, I think uh, we just uh, see the Egypt model does fit uh, one more way. For example, I was taught a rule of first use uh, when I was mm -hmm. in a Bible class in high yep. school. Yep. And yep. where a word or phrase is first found, it often has a meaning or context for end time because Christ is first and last, Alpha, Omega. And so you go to where uh, in that wedding parable, remember there was a cry at midnight, the bridegroom comes. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, if you follow this rule of first use, that midnight cry occurred in Egypt. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. When death fell on the Egyptians, a great cry went up at midnight. And my point is that, that that's, that's an information for us that it's going to be not just a a gentle Jesus knocking at our door, it's going to be uh, life and death issues, like in the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel and his friends faced life or death issues in times of judgment. The word Daniel means God is my judge. God delivered him. The judges in the Bible were deliverers, okay, like Samson was a deliverer, Gideon was a deliverer, and so on. And God is going to deliver us if we really are tuned in and uh, claiming his promises and doing the best. But if we just wait and see, we're going to have our house broken, I think, et cetera. You know. Yeah, amen. And and with those 10 virgins, the scripture also says they all were asleep. They yes. weren't staying awake at midnight. They, you know, like, it could be tonight. We better stay awake just to make sure. No, they were all asleep. I once uh, told my uh, uh, dean that I was working under, you know, there are two sides to every coin. And you think of wise and foolish. And he said, no. Uh, there are uh, to the coin, there are two sides and an edge. And uh, I applied that to this wedding parable. I want to be part of the voice that wakes them up. The bridegroom mm -hmm. comes rather than wise or foolish that are asleep. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah. And so I, have, I think, yeah. we can, amen. but I think <laughs> in the first wedding parable, Matthew 22, they send uh, the, the king's servants send an invitation to invite people. And we can do that. We can all be part of the voice. There's going to be a wedding. Come to the feast. Study it out. Understand it, etc. Amen. I like. I had not seen. See, Revelation, right there, folks. Right there. <laughs> be be the edge of the coin. <laughs> Amen. I love it. And you notice the edge is very is a very narrow path that you got to walk. Amen. And it goes through the slot at the, on That's the right. edge. You, you, uh, right. If you don't have the edge, you might not get in. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, if we move over to, to Luke chapter 12, that reference, especially in verse 36, Jesus tells to be like wise servants who are waiting for their Lord to return from a wedding, right? Not to go to a wedding, but the Lord to return from a wedding. Explain that for us in light of what we've been discussing good question and i've wrestled with that myself but i believe in daniel seventh chapter the kingdom is given to christ in heaven and he he gets it from the father and he, he so then when he, he says you're in your hands son go to it uh then those events will happen so in that sense it is it's uh it's authorized by the father as the wedding and uh but it's our response as to whether we're in it or not if you follow that understanding. And uh, I, I see that it says that we, when he comes and knocks, we must open immediately. The rule of first use, again, applies to that. Uh, in the King James Bible, I like it. Uh, there's The word immediately is not found in the Old Testament. It's found in 
Matthew 4, verse 17, I believe, where Christ calls James and John to be his disciples, they immediately leave the ship and their father and follow him, okay? Well, that tells you that um, uh, close family ties that might interfere with your serving God at this point need to be second class in terms of uh, uh, doing uh, fully what Christ wants. There was a point at which uh, uh, Christ left his mother and, and began his ministry, anointed by John the Baptist, etc. You know, and uh, but Christ wasn't callous to his mother. Even on the cross, he said, uh, "John, be, uh, behold your mother." You know, in other words, take care of my mother. It was Christ's responsibility to take care of his mother, but he was going to be gone. He said, "Behold your son." Uh, you know, and so he was concerned. But uh, at the same time, we have to put Christ first. And uh, leaving the ship means our livelihood, our jobs, maybe. Uh, we have to be willing to say, you know, uh, nothing is so important as this right now with Christ and, and whatever he wants from me. Yeah, amen, amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of the interview with Dr. Richard Ruling as we've been discussing the wedding parables as told by Jesus. Now, Every time Dr. Ruling comes on for whatever the topic is that we're discussing, usually it's about the end times and, and something like that, I always find a way to ask questions about the wedding parables because his interpretation of these scriptures are so unique, I guess you could say, because most people don't teach on this. But he studied this out. He's got background. He's got scripture references. He's got the Greek and the Hebrew, and he ties it all together. And folks, these are talking about us living right now in the last days, just before the return of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I wanted to get him on just to talk about the wedding parables praise god so drop down the show notes order his books get in touch with him ask your questions but most importantly come back for the next episode because we'll be concluding this great interview in the very next episode till then this pastor by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do thank you for listening to today's episode of the kingdom crossroads podcast Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. 
Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.